joining us today on episode number 80 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to start off with a little addendum from last week's episode about running and weight control. There was something that we forgot. And then we're going to get into cross training and why cross training is so important for you to do in your running plan and schedule, a little whys, and then how to integrate it for the best results. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So the first thing we want to get to before we we really dive into the concept of cross-training is a wrap-up on last week. Right. So last week we talked about running and weight control. That was episode number 79. So hopefully you've had a chance to listen to that. If not, go back and listen to it. But I can't believe when I was like looking over this and when I listened to it afterwards that I totally forgot to mention one of the most important things when it comes to weight control. Arguably and the most on there. Pretty I mean, it's, it's high. Yes, pretty much the most important thing. Um, and that is sleep. So we did not mention this last week, which was a total oversight on our part. And I'll probably go back and add this in as an addendum on the episode. But sleep is extremely important for every single body function, and that includes weight control. I mean, but it's it's everything. It covers both weight control. It covers how much energy you're going to have to put into your next workout. It covers being able to control your mind when you've got like a, an urge to eat something that you shouldn't even necessarily eat. That's going to go better if you had a, a restful night's sleep that you can be like, mm, maybe I don't need that donut this morning. Yeah, that's an excellent point to make. And so th- I think that sleep is a an often overlooked point when it comes to controlling our weight. And like Kevin said, if you don't have the proper amount of sleep, you're not going to have as much willpower that, you know, to avoid some of those sugary, fatty foods that are so attractive, those processed foods, because your brain is just tired. And when your brain is tired, it's looking for the most available energy source and the most immediate energy source are those processed carbs. I mean, I know that that I am definitely a victim of that one. If I had to get up early for whatever, like got a run in that morning and then I got a teacher's faculty meeting and and there's donuts sitting there, mm-hmm. I'm much more likely to grab one if we were up late the night before for whatever reason. Yeah, if you're sleep deprived, you're just going to make worse choices. And there's actual scientific research that backs that up. When you're sleep deprived, you make poorer choices when it comes to food choice. And it's it's just going to start feeding into all aspects of, of your life mm-hmm. beyond just Feed food choices. Into. I know I nailed that one. <laughs> um, beyond just making the, the choices, your body just doesn't function as properly right. from, from head to toe. It's just not working at its optimum, optimum performance. So sleep is huge. Including how your body controls the stress hormone cortisol, which Angie can explain. Right. And I've just <laughs> been laughing because I apparently can't say stress hormone cortisol. I've just had to delete and do like three takes on just saying it. And so then Kevin had to come in and say it. But anyway. You can explain it though. Cortisol is the stress hormone. And so when our bodies feel stressed, we release cortisol. And one of the side effects of cortisol released is fat storage. So when we eat, things get stored as fat because your body sees times of stress as um, things that you need to kind of prepare for. So back when we were evolving and we weren't sure when our next meal was going to happen or we were in a time of stress, our bodies would pack on the fat and store it for later so that we would be 
able to survive. Well, I mean, one of the biggest stresses back when we were evolving was whether or not we were going to be able to eat the next meal. Right. So it was a really important adaptation that our body said, oh, not sure when I'm going to be able to eat again. I should store that as fat. Right. And so when we sleep, our body, like throughout the day, our body goes through what's called a circadian rhythm, right? There's just a natural rise and fall of hormones throughout the day. And cortisol is one of those hormones that is a little bit higher in the morning and then kind of falls off throughout the day. But if you aren't getting the proper amount of sleep, and if especially if you're a night shift worker, they've found um, much different ways that cortisol acts in the bodies of people that are sleep deprived or have different sleep schedules that are against their natural circadian ry- circadian rhythms. So. If, if you're not getting enough sleep or if your sleep is altered, like in the hours that you're sleeping, your natural circadian rhythm gets altered and that changes the way that your hormones are released and control your body and your appetite. So if you have higher levels of cortisol floating in your bloodstream, you're going to be more prone to store any calories that you take in as fat. So... If you get enough sleep, your body and your hormones can help to regulate themselves so that you can actually use the food that you're eating as energy and not store it. That makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. So there's so many ways that sleep affects the body. Like I said, it's the hormones, it's helping you make good decisions, it's that prefrontal cortex, which is the front part of your brain that's involved in higher level decision making. It's good to use the front part of your brain and not the back part, reptilian brain. Yeah, the reptilian brain. Let's think like humans. Right. We cannot overemphasize the importance of sleep enough here. So much so that we are going to do an entire episode on sleep in the coming few weeks, hopefully. Um, I recently listened to this amazing podcast. If you if you know the, the podcast, it's called Found My Fitness. It's with Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She did a, an episode recently with doc, Dr. Matthew Walker, and he is the author of the book, Why We Sleep, which is on my next, which is on my list of books to read. So once I finish reading that and um, go back and re-listen to this episode, now this episode was amazing. There are so many interesting things about how sleep affects our body. And one of the things that I thought was so interesting was the point that Dr. Walker made was that sleep is the one variable that literally affected every other outcome that they've studied in the literature. So if you get enough sleep, all of the variables that they study, like all these different outcomes, whether it be sleep related, whether it be your social function, whether it be emotional, psychological, all these different things that sleep has been tied to in the scientific literature. If you get enough sleep, your performance on all of those things is better. If you don't get enough sleep, your performance on all of those things is worse. It was like the one thing that pretty much was consistent regardless of what you were measuring. Which it makes it a pretty remarkably important thing, and right. we're going to have to dedicate an entire episode. But we will, and we I'm going to link time to outline and thoroughly get, get right. Some and I'm going to link to that podcast episode in the show notes in case you're interested. But be warned, it's like two hours and forty eight minutes, so it is a very lengthy podcast. So 
it is unbelievably fascinating, but I need to go back and re-listen to it and take some copious, copious notes because most of my listening to it was in the car where I couldn't really do that. So we will have an entire episode dedicated to sleep and this, especially our experience with with sleep and what lack of sleep has done in our lives. Yeah, we got a lot of personal anecdotes on that one. Yeah, but for now, we just wanted to add in this little addendum because it was just so important. And I like I, like I said, I can't believe I even didn't think about adding that into last week. The outline was kind of thrown together a little last minute, so that was a bit of an oversight on my part. But just make sure that, you know, we want, just wanted to make sure that you all understood how important sleep is. Like, if you are trying to lose weight, you need more sleep. If you are trying to gain weight, you need more sleep. Like, your body will just function better on more sleep, regardless of which direction you're trying to control your weight. Perfect. All right. All right, moving on. Moving on to the topic of the day. Cross-training. Okay, so we are talking about cross-training, mostly based on an email that we received from a listener. So thank you, Katie, for your email. And she basically asked us to speak about the benefits and the negatives of adding in like cycling and swimming and other forms of cross training into your weekly schedule. So we're going to get into that today, um, all the different types of cross training that you can do, and then some of the the pros, the cons, and all the in-betweens. That sounds fantastic. All right. So um, straight off the bat, cross training, it's, it's a great way to try and increase your level of cardio training without adding the extra wear and tear on your body that pounding several more miles on you know, usually sidewalks for us around here mm-hmm. is going to take on your, on your body. Right. So if it depends, everything depends on your goals. I think that we should probably start there. Ooh, good starting right? point. So everything, and when you're creating your schedule for running or for fitness or just keeping in good shape, everything should be based on what your goals are. So are your goals only running specific? You know, are you trying to hit a specific time and that's it? Like, are you a professional or semi-professional runner where your times are exactly you know, are, are super important. And that's a different person than someone that is just trying to get in good shape for their heart health and their longevity and to get stronger or to look good in a bathing suit, like to, you know, hit other real life goals like that. Yeah. I mean, the more, the more your goals become less tied to a number, I think the more that cross training becomes important, but it, it shows a strong amount of like, it really is important if you are still just going for a a number on a clock too. Yeah. I mean the elites, all of them do cross training depending on who it is, but more and more of them are starting to see greater and greater benefits of it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're already running like 120 miles a week, like in some sort of elite marathoner is, and you're like, well, how can I get even more cardio in? Odds are the answer is not continue to add more miles on your legs. They're starting to see the benefits of, other forms of cardio. Mm-hmm. So when you add in things like swimming or biking, the elliptical, all these other forms of cross training into your plan, you can, number one, improve the consistency of your workouts. And I think that that is very important when it comes to thinking about our workout schedules consistency is everything. So if you only run three or four days a week, what are you doing on those other days? That's important. And cross-training, adding in different activities can not only help improve that consistency so that you are doing some form of physical activity every day, but it can also help to defeat boredom. 
Yeah, that's a good one. And it just, it keeps you in the rhythm of, I've got my daily workout. Maybe you've tried to to have a, a run day after day after day, and it gets bored, or it, it, you you try and run six, seven, ten days in a row, and then different parts of your body just start hurting. Right. By adding in a variety of workouts, it's not going to quite have the same sort of overall beating down effect on mm-hmm. your body. And you're working different muscles, which is always good. And that will help to decrease the chance of those repetitive use injuries. Like when you're going out and doing the same activity time after time, day after day, you tend to overuse certain muscles and neglect other muscles. So by adding in cross training, you can develop more than just one set of muscles. Well, this kind of makes uh, the different types of cross training somewhat related to weight training. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you don't spend a couple of days during the week up on an elliptical, but your, your form of cross training really is weight training. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it serves a similar purpose in that you're able to exercise those muscles that you're not getting, you know, the, the stabilizer muscles, you use them when you go out and run, but you're not like focusing on them. Anytime you're changing the direction of movements, the planes that you're moving inside of, it's, it's better for your overall fitness. Right, right. So let's just talk about a couple forms. Like what are some ideas for cross training? So there are two categories that we kind of broke this down in, and that is running specific cross training and then other cross training. Right. And the other tends to be more interesting, I think. Mm -hmm. So what are the running specific? Water running Mm -hmm. with or without a belt. So explain that. So, I mean, this, when we got the question about how do you do pool running? What are your thoughts on, on cross training? Like my first move is, well, when I was hurt in college and I was forced to just run laps up and down a pool, Mm -hmm. like literally you just get into a pool that's deeper than your feet can touch and you run and you have to run pretty quickly. So you're not actually running on the floor of the pool. No. No, okay, see, I, I, I don't think a lot of, not everyone knows how to do pool running. Like some people would think, let's go in the shallow end where my feet can touch and run back and forth. You, you're kind of getting like resistance training off of that, but okay. water running, pool running, um, this is why a lot of the times it comes with the belt that you wrap around your waist mm-hmm. because it kind of keeps you floating high enough that your feet aren't touching the ground. Okay. And it's hard if if all you're doing to stay afloat is have like your arms and legs going in normal running form to actually keep your head above water like that's not how you swim because that's not an efficient way to keep your head above water right. so you use the belt a little bit okay so basically you strap on this belt and you just try to maintain your normal running form and just go back and forth in the pool as best as you can with this giant flotation device strapped around your waist. (laughs) Right. So, um, when I was hurt, I would do this and I would do some laps to warm up kind of more relaxed pace where I'd be running and I'd have the belt around me. And then I would do some where I would take the belt off and just book it one end to the pool and back. And I mean, it was, it was the pool that we had in college and like it was, years before used as their like swimming training pool so it was super like it didn't have a shallow end it was just a it's a training pool i feel like water running that sounds a lot harder than regular running it's exhausting yeah so when you're doing like a like 
you can put workouts into it and right. it's literally like sprint to the other side of the pool but the other side of the pool is only 25 yards away and it's going to take you a good minute to get there because oh. you are just pumping your arms for everything you possibly have and you're terrible. just not going anywhere <laughs> like the the fun part is that someone can just walk next to you and carry on a casual conversation because they're walking slowly <laughs> along the pool deck as you are just giving it everything you possibly have and barely moving <laughs> That sounds terrible. So there is that. So there's there's <laughs> pool running, um, which apparently some people like. And I think that is really more along the lines of rehabbing from injuries a lot of times when people do that. Rehabbing from injuries, it's not bad if you have a partner. Um, I had somebody that I went with a lot, so that, okay. was, that was helpful. Okay. So we will put a link to the um, water, the pool running belt in the show notes in case that's something that anybody wants to, to look into, you know, a good brand. So I think it's still in our closet. We have one. Yeah. I didn't even know we had one. (laughs) Well, there you go. It's probably in your closet at at your mom's house. It might be in my closet at my mom's house. That's probably where it is. So anyway, we'll, we'll link to that just so you guys can see it. Or if you're interested in it, you can have it. Um, so the second thing is the elliptical, right? The elliptical, in a way, mimics running form. It's obviously not running, but it is moving your legs in the same plane of motion. It's better than a Stairmaster where mm-hmm. you're like marching. The elliptical kind of has that like rhythmic flow to it. Right. Um, it'd be running. But it, it, it is completely, it, it takes the pounding out of it. Right. Out of running, which is, is great. So it's no impact. Right. Because your feet never leave the ground. Your feet are always on the pedals trying mm-hmm. to go, which is funny. The first few times that like I sent kids off to the gym, like, oh, you're a little hurt and a little banged up and with the cross country kids. And I'd send them to the gym. They were trying to like take their feet off the ground and literally trying to like run on an elliptical. I'm like, that's not no, your, your feet have to stay in contact the whole time. Right. That's, that's how this works. And they finally get it. The, my issue with the elliptical is it tends not to take long enough strides for me. It takes, it, it's like running, but running with shorter steps. Well, that's funny because I feel like sometimes I take too long of strides on the elliptical. I'm a little bit taller than you are. True story. So I think that's that's one of its its benefits and issues is it may it may mess with your your running length. Your natural stride. Yeah. Okay. So beyond the elliptical, there's also the elliptigo, which is like one of the new and fancy things that a lot of people are using. Yeah. If you guys love us, feel free to buy one and send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the elliptigo? It's it's like uh, it's kind of like a, a bicycle and an elliptical. Well, it's an put outdoor together. elliptical, right? Yeah, it's an elliptical that has wheels on the bottom of it. Right. So as you use the elliptical, you're literally pedaling along down the street, which right. is fantastic. There's a guy that does this down A1A in the mornings that I see on the weekends. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so jealous. So basically, it's the elliptical motion. Your feet are still tied to the pedals. I mean, not tied, but on the pedals. It's a no impact. But this way you can actually get outside and enjoy some fresh air. Right. Which is super helpful. Right. So you're not stuck in a gym, basically. Yeah. Okay. So... Those are basically the running specific ones. And then there's there's just general other forms of cross training. You've got tons of them. Swimming is a great one. Swimming is huge because it's it's not impact. It's a great way to really improve the cardio. And yeah, and your breathing. Yes. I mean, swimming is so good for your lungs, especially being able to time out your breath. I mean, that is breath control I think is one of the things that a lot of runners struggle with, especially new runners, but even seasoned runners, like if they've never been coached or have ever, like never really tried to control their breathing, breathing control can really limit a lot of people. And when you can get that 
in rhythm and in sync with your running, I mean, you can make crazy good um, gains. It's really funny when we try and teach the high school kids breath control. Yeah. It's like, all right, <laughs> now you guys have all managed to breathe for the last like 14 to 17 years of your life without <laughs> just passing out during the day. But let's see if you can actually take control of it. And and they can't. Like yeah. they literally struggle to breathe over the course of a minute when mm-hmm. they have to control when it goes in and when it goes out. So mm-hmm. I think swimming is huge, yeah. in, like, especially for people that like, cramp up a lot while they're running because a lot of that tends to be breath control. Mm-hmm. So swimming has huge benefits on that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, bicycling. Bicycling is a good one. Um, tricky if you do a lot of cross training on on the bicycle that you got to make sure that you are still doing um, hip strengthening exercises. Right, because cycling is very quad dominant. So you're really overdeveloping your quadriceps and also your hamstrings, but those lateral hip stabilizers are not getting much strengthening during cycling. No, when you cycle, like your your legs, even more than running, are very much just going in one plane of motion. They right. go forward and backwards and forward and backwards. There's no sideways. Mm-hmm. Even, even if you're running on the road, every once in a while, the sidewalk will tilt slightly to the mm-hmm. side or you'll hit a rock or something. And it requires a little bit more stabilization from your body well even when you're just running though you're going from one foot to the other so you're in a single leg stance which makes your hip abductors the those lateral hip stabilizers stabilize your pelvis with every single step yeah they have to be firing right when you're when you're down in a in a seat it just doesn't work as much and Mm -hmm. even when you get up out of the seat if you're really like climbing up a hill on a bike and stuff and you get out of the out of the saddle it's it's still fairly linear so extra hip strengthening is is a helpful one there right so other forms, hiking is a great way to cross train, especially like if you're near mountains, if you're going hiking, that is fantastic because you're using all sorts of muscles to stabilize and you can definitely get your heart rate up on going up these hills. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a great one. People, people discount that. And it's like, well, depending on what kind of level of a runner you're at, especially if you're newer to this, you're like, well, I, I, I want to keep doing something day after day, but I just had my long run yesterday. What could I do? Go for a hike mm-hmm. because it's still time on your feet. And mm-hmm. especially if it's time on your feet going up and down hills and stuff, that's really good for you. Right. And along with that is stair training. Like if you yes. don't have a mountain nearby, maybe you have a high rise building nearby with a stairwell and you can just climb the stairs up and down, up and down. That is going to get your heart rate and your breathing up for sure. That sounds rougher than pool running. You think? I mean, for me, but I've done a lot of pool running, so I I kind of, I'm past the boredom stage of that. I can just, I get in a zone and I go. Yeah, it just depends on what you like. Uh, Another cross training that I love is yoga. Okay. I mean, yoga is... Yeah, please preach the benefits of this because yoga is phenomenal. I mean, yoga is so good for so many different things in our life physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. I, I love yoga and... Yoga helps to strengthen the body and strengthen the muscles to be able to hold certain poses. And that is a different kind of strength than just trying to lift weights or trying to push things or trying to pull things. Like to be able to put your body into a position and just hold it, you are working all of those stabilizing muscles, which we need so much as runners to to help to tone those muscles and, and keep our body strong and be able to hold. And the thing that's also great about yoga is that it is tied to the breath. So again, with that breathing control, you are learning how to move 
along with your breath. That's if you're in a good yoga class with a good yoga instructor, instructor, that's what they should be teaching you is how to move with the breath, not against the breath. So you're teaching your body how to flow in harmony with itself. Yes, which also ties in very, very much to the mental aspect of yoga mm-hmm. and and most exercise. Like there is a huge mental component of all of this. And if if you're going through a really good yoga class and you're trying to hold these positions, yes, there's the, the physical strength that you need to get into various positions. But then to be able to just sit and, re- and try and relax mm-hmm. while being in an uncomfortable position, right. like try to relax while you know you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Is that not running? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, being able to tolerate discomfort and tell your body a different story. Yes. Tell your body a different story. Tell your body that this is what you want to do. You've gotten into that place with yoga. I I think that after I've done it for so long, I kind of got into that place with pool running. Mm -hmm. Like it just kind of becomes calming and and zenful. Mm -hmm. Zenful. That's going to be my word. Zenful. So that's a, that's a great one. And then there's a variety of classes now. I mean, every, every week or every other week, you're probably seeing some sort of new fitness studio fitness boutique you know popping up on every corner well that's what's that's what you know that's what it is now it's like every corner has a new fitness boutique that you know this is pilates this is bar classes they have crossfit they have combination places now there's so many of these different class options that you can take and they're all they're all good you know assuming that you don't hurt yourself obviously and that you take it little by little until you are familiar with the movements. I mean, I think that's really key. That's why I put that one last on the list is because I wanted to, to make sure that cross training then doesn't become this overly dominant thing that it's like, okay, well I hit a really hard running workout yesterday, but now I'm doing cross training. This is totally different. So I can hit a really hard class and then I can come back and hit another really hard running workout the next day. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to get on the bike and I'm going to pound it out for like two hours. Like Mm -hmm. you need you need the rest yeah. also in there. Right. So even if it's not a hard run day after day, the sometimes you, you still have to have that up and down of training to it. Yeah. And, and people can definitely get into trouble when they do that, you know, because they are just overworking their body day after day and that can set them up for illness or injury. Yeah. It's like, it seems like you're giving yourself recovery because it's not the same way that you're straining your body, but you still need to make sure that you have plenty of downtime, plenty of plenty of time to actually adapt to what you're putting your body through. Otherwise, it's just going to get exhausted. Right. So finally, we made this like its own category, and that's weight training, because we talk about strength training and weight training all the time and how important it is for you to add strength training into your workout. But you can incorporate strength training through these variety of classes, through yoga, through bar, through all these different things, or you can just do some lifting either at home or at the gym. You can use bands. I mean, bands are a fantastic tool for you to use to help strengthen your muscles and provide some resistance training. And they cost, you know, a few bucks. Like, yeah, ten, you they know, do not cost much. they don't cost much. You can get like a pack of bands for like $10, $15 at pretty much any big box store nowadays, Target, Walmart, like any of these stores. And obviously there's Amazon. So any sort of resistance training that you do is going to help strengthen your muscles, which is then going to set you up better for running and especially to help prevent those injuries that might occur during running. 
Yeah, I mean, I split it out as a separate category because that was part of the initial thing is you guys talk about weight training. What about other like sort of more traditional forms of cross training right. like the, that the swimming? The the that, that was part of the original asked. question. Right. So um, so just a little small blip on, on weight training. Um, all right. So my big take on, on cross training is I like it because it's a way to increase time of working out without necessarily increasing mileage. Okay. Okay. Like it's a... It's a classic go-to as a running coach to say, well, if you want to get better, just run more. It doesn't even matter run more fast, just run more, and it is likely that it's going to get you faster. Mm -hmm. But if you've got a runner who's tried running more, and every time they try running more, they just get hurt. Right, or if you have a new runner. Yes, and it's hard to just start throwing tons of mileage at them. Cross-training is a great way to increase the the amount of, of time that you're spending doing cardio work without... Uh, increasing the likelihood of injury. Right. So you're still conditioning the cardiovascular system and the col- the pulmonary system, which is your breathing. You're getting that stronger. You're strengthening the heart, the lungs, the circulation, all of those things without adding the extra pounding on you. So if you guys are anything like me and just want to get in good shape in general, then cross training is hugely important and definitely a necessary part of your weekly schedule because Kevin is very more, you know, much more running specific versus me. Like, I just want to be in really good shape. I want to feel strong. I don't want to be ever limited by my physical capabilities. Like, if I want to go for a hike tomorrow and, you know, go out for a couple hours, like, I want to be able to do that. Like, if I want to go snorkeling or go paddleboarding or do whatever physical activity, I just want to be able to be able to jump on and do that. And you, I mean, I also like getting faster. I like seeing my times decrease. That makes me feel good. But in general, I just want to be a healthy person that's in really good shape. Yeah. Whereas I look at cross training as a way that I can either supplement and add on extra mileage without adding on miles Mm -hmm. or as something that I'm essentially forced to do when I'm hurt. Yeah. You know, and, and when, and my go-to is to get in the pool and run for a while. Mm -hmm. Like you can, you can play music off to the side. You can play a podcast off to the side and you just kind of get into a flow. Our pool is a little small to do this in. I remember, what was it? A couple years ago when I hurt my back and Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of water running in the pool. Like the deep end is just not very long and you can go back and forth across it and you're, and you're done. Having like a full length pool that you can get into at a gym is a much nicer place to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the last thing we really want to talk about is cross-training as um, injury rehab. As injury rehab. Right. All right. So in this case, it kind of depends on, on, again, your goals. It goes back to what you were saying all the way at the beginning of it. Did you get yourself hurt? Do you have a race that you've signed up for, but you're hurt and you need to stay in as good a shape as possible so that you can still try and run this race? Right. Because there's a lot of times that people will come to us and they'll ask us like, I don't want to lose my fitness. Like I have come so far over the last year or the last couple of years and now I'm injured and my doctor says I can't run. But what do I do to maintain my fitness? I don't want to get out of shape because they know that resting and just not working out is really not a good solution. No. You're going to get out of shape and you're going to get out of shape very quickly. Right. So that's when, that's why I kind of differentiated the beginning between running and non-running specific exercises. If you're trying to maintain your running fitness, you need to try and do as much running specific cross training as you can. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say as much as you can. 
I mean, I, th- I still think it's important to f- put in other non-running specific workouts, wouldn't you say? Like, so, okay, so say you're training and you run four or five days a week. Right. If you, to me, like if I just listen to your sentence and you say, just get in as much as you can, I would think to myself, okay, does that mean that I should increase, you know, since I'm not actually going to be running, should I increase the amount of running specific cross training that I should do? No. Does that make sense? No, try and replace as much of your running with running specific workouts. Okay. If you if you generally run four times a week, try and replace those with four more running specific workouts and keep whatever else you have going mm-hmm. so that you still have your normal cycle so that you're, you know, if you've got strength training or you, you've got like a, um, yoga. A, a yoga class that you do once a week or whatever it is. Keep that schedule, but try and replace your runs with running specific things like the elliptical, like pool running, like Mm -hmm. things like that. Right. So if my schedule is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I typically run, then you're saying on those days, do more of those running specific types of cross training, like pool running or elliptical, and then continue with what I do on the other days. Right. Which is other forms of cross training that aren't exactly running specific, but do a really good job of working the stabilizer muscles, which... If you keep up with those guys, hopefully it will prevent you from getting hurt in the first place. Right, right. And if you did get hurt and maybe you haven't been doing those strength training exercises, then now is a good time to start. Yeah, that's a good good way to get a knock over the top of the head of be like, oh, wait, all those extra strength training and cross training that I said that I would do, but I never quite got around to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an injury is a great way to point out that you did never get around to those. Right, and if you're curious about what exercises you should be doing, you can see your local physical therapist. They are a, a great resource for you, especially if they work with runners or work with athletes and are very familiar with that kind of of therapy, you know, because there's a difference in the therapists that are there that are trying to help people get in better shape or maintain fitness versus just rehab out of surgery or rehab from some back pain or something like that. Yeah, very different categories. Yeah. Um, all right. So the last thing I wanted to cover is when, if you're coming off of an injury and you've been doing a lot of, of non-running cross training, take it slow when you come back because it, you don't have to go quite as slow as like couch to 5k kind of runner, but realize that you have not been putting any sort of pounding on your legs that you're going to get when you go out for a run. So those, those first few days, few weeks back, you might want to combo even, even within a day, a shorter run and some of whatever the cross training is that you've been, you've been doing. So yeah. instead of going off on a four mile run, a two mile run, and then make up the time with whatever form of cross training you've got. That's a really good point. Yeah. I like that a lot. Like you're, you're probably not ready to just jump right back into it unless you're ready to just jump right back into the injury. Right. So thank you, Katie, for your question. To answer it, yes, we do believe in cross-training very, very much, especially if you're just doing it to get in better shape, especially if you're doing it to rehab after an injury. There are huge benefits of cross-training in all areas, and we do believe that everyone should be adding some form of cross-training into their weekly schedules to help keep them running safely and strongly for as long as possible. 
So thank you guys for joining us today. You can find all of our show notes at the website, and that includes all the links that we had talked about earlier in the episode. And the website is realliferunnerspodcast.com. This is episode number 80. Check out the website for all of those links and any other information, including our coaching programs and other free downloads that we have for you over on the website. So thank you again for joining us, and we will talk to you next week.